Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. And welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo Podcast, the week of September 24th. This week, we will be talking about Monster Hunter and Bye. some other things <laughs> like Hades, the now retired 3DS, and a lot more. This week, I am joined by Tom Marks. Hello. Brian Altano. I love Monster Hunter. Of course, everyone does. And Zach Ryan. Hey, I too love hunting monsters. 
But uh, I am so excited to have Tom back on the show for the first time in a month and a half and at the same yeah. time as the elusive Brian. Who would have thought? Yeah. We yes, could have here, this happen here we are. The, the gang's all here, except for Pear. I don't know where he is. He's he's uh, he's so there's actually kind of an important meeting going on right now that we're all skipping in order to record the show. But that's OK. We'll learn about it later. Brian's confused. It's hack week. We're doing <laughs> we're doing cool stuff. Oh, no. Got it. Speaking of hack week, what just happened to? What happened to Zach? Zach, uh, I don't. The, uh, like no, he's gone. There guys. we go. And he's back. He's back. Apologies for audio listeners who don't know what just happened. Zach just Zach went to the important meeting for half a second to be like, "I'm here," and then came yeah. back. And it's fine. That's right. No one knows we're gone. It's a good trick. <laughs> Did a very quick hack. We have more important things to talk about, which is Monster Hunter. So last week, I'm sure everyone saw um, there was a mini partner direct, and it was a roller coaster of emotions for me. I literally said mm-hmm. the day before, the only thing that will get me out of bed that early in the morning is if it's monster hunter or rune factory five and guess what i got i got monster hunter monster hunter stories Oof. and rune factory five man mm-hmm. i was so excited i teared up i love these games tom what do you think what do yeah, you think about monster hunter rise and monster hunter stories two wings of ruin you you asked for monster hunter and rune factory five and it somehow over delivered on that ask which is quite <laughs> impressive for a nintendo <laughs> mini direct out of nowhere um, I'm super excited for this. It's really cool for a bunch of different reasons. Um, first of all, I never played Monster Hunter Stories, and it feels like one of those games that is like kind of an ask to go back for mm-hmm. now. So I'm excited to have a new one. Uh, I hope it's accessible, right, for yeah. new players. Uh, and then on Monster Hunter Rise, just to jump back to that, like it's so cool to just add, like I'm along with Casey, a big Monster Hunter World fan. And it's very cool to see what the next step for that series is, like what they're doing next. And especially it's exciting to see what they're doing with Nintendo because this has been such a traditionally like well-supported franchise on Nintendo systems. And so Monster Hunter World was sort of the the departure from that a little bit. And Mm -hmm. now to see what they're doing again and to see that they're doing these open areas like World introduced and they're doing a lot of cool stuff with movement. It's just it's really exciting. Yeah. And I am one of the things that I asked for for a new Monster Hunter on the Switch as well was one in a new engine that didn't use the same old engine, but kind of like Uprise. And they did exactly that. They are using uh, Capcom's proprietary uh, RE Resident Evil engine, I think. I'm assuming that's what that stands for. Um, But that is the engine that the new Resident Evil Village and Devil May Cry 5 run on. Um, But don't get your hopes up that they are going to port those games over to the Switch because (laughs) they actually try to do that with Resident Evil 7 and realize that, yes, the engine can work with the Switch, but the game needs to be made with the Switch in mind. And that's what Monster Hunter Rise is. And I think it looks great. I don't think it looks as lush or as detailed as Monster Hunter World, but it looks fantastic. And to me, it looks like the gameplay is going to be kind of a mixture between World and classic Monster Hunter, like all the other Monster Hunters that aren't World, (laughs) 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 to put it like that. But um, there were a few things that Tom already mentioned. There will be load screen um, free seamless maps like in World. We're also getting this thing called a wire bug that looks a little bit like Iceborne's Clutch Claw, but it has a lot more freedom. It looks like the bow was using moves from World, like the Dragon Piercer, and had those kind of moves, but I'm not really sure if the other weapons will control more like they do in World or otherwise. And we also got one of my favorite new 
additions, we have the addition of canines. So we already had felines and palicos, and now we got canines and palamutes, guys. Be excited. You get your Pal- own very own doggo. Palamute is such a bad, good pun. I love it. It's really it's, good. It's, it's actually good. very good. In fact, in terms of dog <laughs> puns, I would rank it very highly. And, See, um, you have to understand that there's a type of dog called a Malamute. And then this is a Palamute because he's your pal. But also the cats are called Palicos. It's a rich tapestry they're weaving here. <laughs> a lot of people are. And um, in French, it, they're actually going to be called Chumskis. Like, oh my God, <laughs> that's better. I like that. Better. It's kind of better, right? Chumskis. That's the best, yeah. that is the best thing I've cute. heard all week. Chumskis. <laughs> uh, you know very- what? I'm going to call I'm going to refer to you guys as my Chumskis. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that too. The good you old Chumskis, Chumskis of NBC. You said Chumskis and I thought that's a word Zach would say normally. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it does kind of sound like that. What's up, yeah. my Chumskis? <laughs> 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 uh, I also wanted to mention Palicos, Palicos and Chumskis. Um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start introducing videos like that. What's up, every Chumsky? <laughs> do it Chumskis. with no reference in another show, Zach. Do it. Perfect. Uh, do it. Let me know when you do. I want to see it. Clip it out. Yeah. I want to see the. <laughs> you got it. You got it. But Tom, I, I think it's it's interesting that you say it's kind of a, a big ask to go back to play the original Monster Hunter stories because Monster Hunter stories was actually the the um, highest selling. 3ds game over the weekend after that announcement so people wow, are going wow. to play the first one and i do highly recommend it it was a great 3ds game i gave it an 8.9 and honestly the more i think about it maybe i was very indecisive i think i don't know what i would give it right now because without those points because we don't have those decimal systems in our don't, don't um, answer don't ask questions like that oh uh, gosh no now <laughs> i'm just in my own brain like ugh. anyway yeah. monster hunter stories was good it seems like monster hunter yeah. stories does not have a story related to the first one so don't worry about being lost as far as plot goes we don't want to replay it but the original monster hunter stories is also available on ios devices if you were interested yeah and Um, i I guess i guess what i meant by it being a little bit of an ask is similar to xenoblade chronicles before it got its remaster where it's like you totally can go back and play xenoblade chronicles the original one it's just like and it's a it's a good game. It's still there, right? It's just like you're asking people to go back kind of a little bit generationally in terms of like what hardware you need to go use. Like I haven't I don't haven't charged my 3DS in a really long time, right? There's little things graphics aren't going to be quite up to snuff for what people are used to. It's not that the game like doesn't hold up. It's just like the experience of having to go back and do it. It's just like this is a little bit like maybe a little more than what you would want to do. Yeah. No, I agree. I so my monster original Monster Hunter story save is actually stuck on the 3DS capture kit in the office. So because for some reason, the save data for that game was stuck onto the SD card and not the game cart itself. Hmm. I don't know what your guys deal is, but I always keep my Nintendo 3DS handy. So it's right here. Do you really? As you can see, it's just in my desk right here. (laughs) Mine's in a drawer somewhere. Man, obviously, I think Tom and I can talk more, probably way more about Monster Hunter than we already did, but we can move on. I think we gave you the information. You guys can keep going. Here's the thing. We we work remotely now, so I'm not like in the same studio as you. So I can like go make a coffee, you know, like we (laughs) can, you know, food break. I could walk, yeah, go, go heat up some pizza or something. Here's what I will say to tie it into something Brian actually cares about. 
which is I think it's really interesting with Monster Hunter Rise how clearly Breath of the Wild inspired this game is. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. mm-hmm. we're we're gonna start seeing that more and more and more because we've already started seeing started seeing it with other games like uh, uh, what's the Immortals new name? Phoenix Rising, Thank yeah, you. Immortal Phoenix yeah. Rising, uh, Genshin like, Impact. Yeah, we talked about these yeah. these like Breath of the Wild likes a lot on last yeah. week's episode. And this year is well, gonna be the year we see more and more of that i think and it's i mm-hmm. I, I think that not that's not to say that monster hunter rise is very clearly just like ripping that right like they're putting the that spin on a monster hunter game mm-hmm. um but like it's cool to see that influence come in here because monster hunter some of my favorite parts about monster hunter world were when it started giving you more movement options with things like the clutch claw and iceborne. And so to see them basically just say, you know what, that stuff was fun. Let's just lean into it is really, really neat here. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of expected that, you know, a, a bunch of people would, uh, or studios would basically take some ideas from breath of the wild. Cause it was, you know, incredibly influential and awesome as a masterpiece, but it takes a few years to make a game. And so I think right. we're now just starting to see uh, the results of that trickle out and, um i'm i'm actually kind of excited about that especially because we're not really getting an actual full breath of the wild sequel this year so right now i'll play i'll play some stuff that was inspired by it in the meantime and to clarify it seems like in monster hunter rise actually they did say specifically you can climb just about any surface in the maps in monster hunter rise and there seems to be a lot of verticality in play there was a lot of verticality in the maps in monster hunter for ultimate originally and it kind of scenes like that i don't think it will put there will be that much combination into the combat with the ability to climb walls and stuff any more than there already are like being able to jump Mm. off cliffs and hit a monster in the head with your sword i mean that's always cool uh but no this looks it looks really cool i'm very excited for it i'm really interested to see how much of world and classic monster hunter they will blend together and i guess we'll just have to wait and see how that is, which will be this week during Tokyo Game Show. So, yeah, we'll learn more. And Monster Hunter Rise comes out on March 26th of next year. That's so soon. That's yeah, crazy. It is. it is really soon. I'm just glad we have a date. Like, I yeah. mean, it'll get delayed, but I'm glad we have a date. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad we have a date. I wonder, this this had to be, have planned to be during Nintendo's E3, right? They had to plan to announce it during Nintendo's E3. Maybe. It's so hard to to make any of those calls zach you did a, a great feature all about that uh looking at what well, nintendo's uh, thank you been. and we'll talk about that next week yeah. tom that was a bit of a layup though because you're the one that said like hey we should do a feature about what nintendo's e3 would have been <laughs> and all i had to do was write it you know so no. <laughs> to me I'd to me the writing a collaborative a harder team part, <laughs> Well, it, it went all right. It did okay. I, I said it. I put it out into the world, and then I went on vacation for a week, and I was just like, I came back, and it was done. And I was like, cool. That's that's nice. <laughs> Good work, guys. Thanks. Good collaboration. <laughs> but there were some other things announced during that mini direct that I am also really excited for. Honestly, mm-hmm. Disgaea Six: Defiance of Destiny is coming out summer next year. Um, We've talked about this guy a little bit on this show. I know also David Hatfield from GameScoop is also a big fan, but it is a tactical RPG with a lot of anime influence with a ton of customizability and crazy, wacky things with mm-hmm. stories and game mechanics. Like, I don't even know how to explain this game. I would just look it up. But this is the first time this guy is getting a really big graphical overhaul. And I don't think it looks good, but maybe not as 
wow. It didn't wow me as much as I expected, but I'm still going to play it because I think this guy is good. And also, if you have Nintendo Switch online account, you will get a you're getting a free trial of Disgaea 5 for a few days. I don't remember the exact dates, but that's a thing that you get with your Nintendo Switch online account. You'll be able to play you, Disgaea 5 for free for a few you days. You don't even have to ask for it either. Really? It just, it just appears on your home screen, which is something oh, that Nintendo awesome. toyed with a lot on the 3DS. I don't know if you, you guys remember like opening up your 3DS and all of a sudden they'd be like, hey, you have a demo to a game. Oh yeah, and, and it's a present. Yeah, it's a present. Mm-hmm. So here I, I just like open up my, my Switch to play Hades this morning and I was like, that's uh, this guy had demo. I was like, I I took a few <laughs> well, days you, off of alcohol. I was like, did I get <laughs> drunk and download this? Like, <laughs> if you remember, Apple also toyed with this idea when they shadow dropped a U2 album onto everybody's iPhones a few years ago and everyone hated it. So it's uh, still on my iPhone. Risky business. Risky it business. Is risky business. Yeah. Some, some are calling this guy the U2 of games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think those, this guy's a little bit better than you too, but that's just my opinion. It's a personal taste. Yeah, I haven't played a disguise since the very first one back on the PlayStation 2, but um, I know that it's a long beloved franchise and people really, you know, people really dig it. So it was exciting to see a sixth entry come. And I, it's funny that I think this guy has, you know, what started as kind of a PlayStation centric series is now pretty much known for being a Nintendo guy. So I think that's cool too. Yeah, it is awesome. And and even weirder is that this one is a Switch exclusive in the West, but will be coming mm-hmm. to the PS4 as well in Japan. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how that deal came about. I I want to know more about those things. Maybe one day someone will tell me. <laughs> maybe it just like sold. Wait, maybe this guy five just sold so much better on Switch here in the States than it did anywhere else. So it doesn't, you know, maybe it just doesn't make sense to bring it out for Mm -hmm. playstation yeah and of course there were other games announced during that mini direct but another one that i know everyone is very excited about is hades which came out last thursday our producer nick limon gave it not our current producer but he's one of our producers he gave it a nine um Mm -hmm. and he says hades is one of a kind roguelite that does a brilliant job of marrying its fast-paced action with its persistent progressing story through a vividly reimagined greek mythological underworld and zach i know you were super excited to talk about this take it away um yeah i uh i love this game so much i i can't believe how much i love this game actually i i'm you know i've gone on record many times on nbc to say that um you, Tom, you're petting the dog. Yeah. No, uh, oh, I see. You've got. Okay, I see. You've here. got. Yeah. Who do I have? Who do I have joining me? Is that Hypnos. Artemis on my screen? Oh, Hypnos. Hypnos. Yeah. Oh yeah, the sleepy boy. So, um, Red, our this game is also very into Hades. <laughs> uh, I think this. I think this game is my game of the year uh, as of right Whoa. now. Like I am absolutely floored by how good this game is, and I don't love roguelites. I, you know, I have very rarely gotten into um, that genre. Uh, you know, I, I really. Well, I really love Dead Cells, um, and this is very kind of similar in concept to Dead Cells, except um, I think the thing that really does it for me with Hades is that the the narrative and the systems are also tied together. Like, it just really makes sense, and it's so unbelievably smart. Like, it's so... It's unreal the way that, like, you'll run into characters multiple times the way you do in any, you know, roguelike bosses, things like that. But they'll recall previous encounters, you know, like they'll they'll mention like if you defeated Megara, but then got destroyed by the uh, bone hydra in the next area, like the next time you run into her, she'll mention that she'll talk to you about that or like, um, 
you know, any number of the the characters in the house of Hades will talk to you about the things that just happened or things that happened a few runs ago. And it, it's interesting in the way that it really tells an intriguing story, but in these like very small, like bite-sized chunks. Um, I'm, I just, I, I can't stop playing it. And when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about playing it. Like it is <laughs> phenomenal. The, the, the combat is so smooth and even when you die, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, I know what I did wrong. I can do better on this next one. So it really hooks into that like lizard brain part of, you know, back here. That's like, okay, just do one more run. Just do, just try it one more. You can do better on this next run. And then suddenly it's like two 30 in the morning on a Tuesday and you're like, I have to go to bed. Why am I still up playing? I've been like, there, it, it's phenomenal. Like I love this game so much. Yeah. Totally uh, is anybody else? Is it, you're playing it too, Brian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I love it so much. The, the, so like, for transparency, I've never really been the biggest fan of Supergiant stuff. Um, it's the kind oh, of wow. thing where, like, yeah, I totally get why people love it, and yeah. it's never really clicked with me. And so I was kind of on the fence about buying this one. Like, every one of their games, I've bought every single one and been like, this is going to be the one. Um, mm-hmm. And it just hasn't been. It's always been so close, which is, like, it bums me out because I, I generally love the art direction and sound design in a lot of those games. It just doesn't, it just doesn't stick. But this one completely grabbed me um and it's it's because the the combat is lightning fast it does feel like this sort of like pseudo evolution of something that goes all the way back to like robotron of you know you're you're fending off waves of enemies coming in from different angles and you're strategizing the exact way to do that and it's this sort of constant push and pull of which direction do you head which enemy do you fight which uh like projectile do you parry and it creates this sort of rhythmic dance which is like awesome and like zach said like when when something bad happens you almost always go okay i know exactly why that happened i got a little cocky with it you know it's got that sort of um the same thing i have in in like a a great souls born game where i i push it just a little further than i should and i get greedy and then it gets me killed but sometimes there's that risk reward and um yeah i don't know if it's it i know it was 20 bucks for the first few days it might have jumped up to 25 now um but- i think it's actually on sale as of this recording right now for 20 percent off on all platforms so it's okay, actually cool. i think it's actually less than 20 bucks right now oh interesting okay yeah because yeah. i think i got it for 20 the other day and it's I, totally worth that totally worth that so um, super giants 25 and now 20 okay yeah. so super giants other games um bastion uh, Transistor, and most recently before Hades was Pyre. Um, yeah. They're all very different games, but like similar themes, similar feels. So I get that that you know one might not work for you, but the other might. Brian, mm-hmm. um, I think the thing that that I think the thing that really impresses me with Hades in particular, beyond the story stuff, beyond the mechanic stuff, uh, uh, I think that there are a lot of games that take a genre and do the best of that kind of thing with it, right? Like, um, we just talked about a game that does this. What was it? Um, Where, you know, you kind of describe it as like, oh, it's the best one of these types of games. And I really think that Hades takes that roguelite mentality and does something that is just different enough to set it apart, but also really refines and builds on all the different, like, roguelites that came before it. and in that kind of makes itself the the kind of definitive answer to that that genre. So like, uh, yeah, I 
can't say enough how great this game is. And if you haven't picked it up or are thinking about picking it up, um, I'd give it two, two big thumbs up. I think you should go for it. Cool. Thank you so much, Zach and Tom mm. and Brian for talking about Hades, which is I, available now on the Switch. I didn't say anything. I just listened to the love because <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> but you, you've probably been playing it since it was in beta, right? I played it when it first came out in early access a year and a half ago. And right. I went, this game is unbelievable. I'm going to wait till it's done. And okay, I thought, so you're like, playing it now. And then I played it at the beginning of the year when it came to Steam. And I went, this game is incredible. I cannot stop myself from playing it, even though it's not done yet. And then I played about 10 hours there, nearly beat the game while it was there. And then I've been playing a ton of it since 1.0. Like, are you playing yeah. on Switch or are you playing on PC? I'm not playing on PC. Okay, so one one thing that I've heard and I've seen that the Switch version, when things get really chaotic and things can get very, very chaotic, um, there's some pretty significant slowdown um, in some places. Is it is it very smooth on PC? Do you feel like it that, that slowdown Otter. isn't? Uh, yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's, kind that's of probably bummer, but, that's probably just yeah. a, a switch problem, which is unfortunate because it's yeah. it's a gorgeous looking game. Like yeah, that's, really, really that's the one thing that Brian touched on that yeah, Super Giant Man, even if you don't like because I wasn't like a huge fan of Pyre or Transistor mechanically, but I think Pyre mm-hmm. was probably one of the most beautiful looking games I have ever played in my entire life. And mm-hmm. like I can I can kind of square those two things in my mind where it's like yeah i wasn't crazy about this game mechanically but oh my god i would look at it nonstop every day <laughs> and like the mm-hmm. music too like all, all yeah, the aesthetics of really the games, they, they just knock it out of the park every time mm-hmm. yep thanks and uh there were obviously a lot more games announced during and talked about during that direct but there are only two more i want to mention one is obviously rune factory 5 this is supposed to come out in 2020 it is the next one that's the sequel to rune factory 4 special which came out on the switch earlier this year um it looks cool i'm excited not much more yeah. else to say i've talked it's about rune factory 4 so much in this game so much on the show before that you kind of know why i like it and rune factory 5 seems like more of that with yeah. better graphics please i feel you. like <laughs> i've not oh played God. rune factory oh go ahead tom well, I was I was gonna say is it's a cool trailer that got me excited and I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing more because I don't really know a ton about it from that trailer but like yeah, yeah I'm still hyped for it. Yep, it's a. I'm. Go ahead, Zach. I'm not I've not played a ton of Rune Factor Four. Uh, in fact, I've not played any of it. But um, just just from like your description of it, Casey. Oh, I was gonna say it sounds like there's a little something for everybody. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, there's a lot going on in that game, and there is. Uh, if you have many different tastes in video games, perhaps you'll find something in Rune Factory Four to enjoy. Fans of the general will appreciate. Yeah, I almost you almost made me do a curse, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Rune Factory Five set to release on 2021. Lots of things to do in that game, and totally unexpected at the end of the direct. I mean, I assume it was unexpected because Microsoft had. Like I think just said a few weeks prior that Ori in the Will of the Wisps would not be coming to Switch anytime soon. And then here we go. It was released last Thursday. And also came, they also announced a $150 collector's edition of Ori in the Will of the Wisps. And it's just cool. It's a good game. A lot of yeah. people liked it. Hardly recommend this. If you liked the first story, it's just a phenomenally good version of that. Uh it actually interestingly learns a lot from Hollow Knight in the design of this one that are some pretty cool changes to, to Ori. And it's just also gorgeous. And 
I cannot recommend Will of the Wisps enough as well. Yeah, I love the first Ori, um, but don't currently have an Xbox. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to playing the second one because I wasn't able to play Will of the Wisps when it came on to Xbox One earlier this year. And that is about all we have to say about the mini direct from last week. Uh, if you need more information, there are articles out there on IGN.com all about it. But otherwise, I want to move on to another piece of news that dropped last week that is pretty pertinent. And I think we need to talk about Zach's leaving. Goodbye, Zach. But he'll be back to talk about. Oh, oh, he got a thing. It's headphones. It's my headphones. It my, my earbuds are dying. Please carry oh, no. on. I didn't mean to do <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's just like, oh, no, where'd he go? Um, not an emergency, but maybe an emergency. This isn't an emergency. We've talked about this forever. Nintendo has finally ceased producing Nintendo 3DSs. I feel like we have mourned the 3DS multiple different times on this very show within the last year or two, especially when the Switch Lite came out, when one of the last games came out for 3DS. We kind of kept asking, is this is this it? Is this the last time we'll be getting something new on the 3DS? And now we will be getting no more new 3DSs. So 3DS has sold more than 75.87 million units since its release in 2011. And I guess its biggest gimmick is that you're able to play games in 3D. And my question for Tom, Brian, and Zach, did you actually use the 3D function very often on your 3DS? Early on, constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I think all, it was like on, on a game by game basis. There, I think that there are some games that utilize the 3D uh, backgrounds, the 3D uh, functionality much better than others. Um, so yeah, it de- it's really dependent on which game. I mm-hmm. yeah, I think similarly. I used it. I would always turn it on for games. I think one of the the greatest things they did with that system was being able to just have a slider for it. Like if you had to go in the menu and change it each time you want it, like that would be annoying. The fact that it was a slider was really smart. Um, The, I basically never used it after a certain point beyond just like checking to look at the novelty of something because it was cool and it worked and it was neat, but it was also just like, a little bit annoying that you had to hold the 3ds in a very specific position to really get it to work as best as you could and it wasn't a matter of like i didn't like like that as much as it was like i just didn't really want to do that all the time when i was just like casually sitting on the couch like i wanted to be able to sit in weird positions and play a dumb game yeah. like a slob and like you couldn't we- do that with 3d <laughs> We've all seen your Nintendo Switch updated review where you're playing upside down, Tom. We know how weird you like to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, I think that in, in combination with the um, like sort of uh, persistent, like loose hinge issue that happened a lot with uh, the early 3DS models meant you had this like wiggly top screen that would break the immersion or your line of sight every single time you hit the 3D slider all the way up. That said, uh, I did love playing stuff like Pilot Wings and. Um, 3D Land and Link Between Worlds with the slider all the way up because those I think a lot of first party stuff early on really benefited from it, um, but eventually they they basically just stopped making that even a thing. Like they just kind of forgot it was a thing because I think like it yeah. was in some way I, I believe it was like holding back the processing power a little bit, and so I think they just kind of like skipped it. It was also a weird one because this was a handheld system that was primarily aimed at you know all all audience but but definitely children and there were big warning signs everywhere being like ask your doctor if 3d is okay for you like it was you know it was weird and so they i I think for like a a specific basically like the younger pokemon crowd 
wasn't really, you know, supposed to play with the slider on. Um, but I dug it. I remember just like flipping around the menus with it and stuff like that. And like playing a bunch of like launch games with it and stuff. I still remember like bringing home that first 3DS and how weird that design was, how it came with a pack of AR cards. And uh, yeah, it was it was just like that a was cool. Is it was such a cool, weird little system, and I'm so glad it got so many different iterations and so many price drops. It became people's like the 2DS became this entire sort of like entry point to Nintendo franchises for an entire new generation. You know, once it was priced cheap and bundled with Mario Kart and stuff like that, like yeah, it, I, I will always remember that system fondly. I will also also remember when. Uh, it was getting a bunch of games that Switch wasn't getting, and I was like, "Why don't you die?" <laughs> like, <laughs> there was definitely a time where we were like, "Guys, please, no more 3DS." But I get it. There was 75 million of them out there, so you know it was important to support. I think crowd. it was Sushi Strikers came out on both, and it just yep. didn't feel good to play on the Switch at all. So mm-hmm. I think there were a couple of games yeah. like that. <laughs> But well, um, Metro, uh, what was it? The Metroid game that came to 3DS. Uh, Samus Returns. Samus Returns. Samus Returns. Um, I'm like, I'm kind of irked that that's still not on Switch because, like, I, I, I had basically was ready to move on from that system by the time that game came out. But yeah, not a game that needs the 3D functionality, right? Like, it, right. It, I don't even think it particularly used it like super well. But mm-hmm. uh, the other one, Persona, Persona Q2, and mm-hmm. oh yeah. Persona Q2 came out and it was like the last major 3DS release that wasn't coming to Switch and everyone was like Can we Do we yeah. all agree that A Link Between Worlds is probably the best 3DS game? Yeah, I, I mean it is to me that's my favorite 3DS game for sure. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, um, I rank that I high up Land is awesome, generally. Yeah, Super Mario yeah, 3, 3D Land's also up there. I think A Link Between Worlds just used the 3D actually really well. It was one of the only games that actually kept it on for most yeah. of the game, at least. There's a, a lot bit. of there's a lot of stuff in three uh, Link Between Worlds where you have to control Link, like being propelled up levels or dropping down levels. That like was really super cool. I really like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fun I, story. Um, tangent. Uh, a Link Between Worlds is one of the reasons one of my long term college boyfriends and I broke up. Because I wouldn't put it down on a family vacation. <laughs> Very impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> Not at all. It's terrible. It was bad of me. I I understand what I did wrong now. But also, well, now I don't you regret being together. Time. And you're yeah. you have a job in the industry. Like things yeah. worked out, and it's fine. You know? It's totally good. But He's uh, still stuck on vacation. Like it's everything <laughs> with his parents. Yeah, going outside, like. <laughs> what it's cold uh, out there one thing i do want to point out too is um as like a huge old school handheld fan the 3ds was like virtual console was amazing like yeah. being able to pop in every week and buy like game boy and game boy color games for like two or three bucks was the coolest thing in the world i think the game boy color games were five but um man like i had like I had Link's awakening and samus returns like the old pokemon's donkey kong 94 was on there like Oracle so much cool stuff there. And Oracle seasons around there too. That's yeah, right. Brian, we've talked a lot on this show specifically about how for a long time, I mean, still the 3DS is the best Zelda machine because there's yes. so many Zelda games that you can get on on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the NES ones, all the Game Boy ones, um, Minish Cap. If you got the sort of like apology certificate um, <laughs> from when they dropped the price quickly, you know, uh, Link Between Ocarina Worlds, Ocarina, Majora's Mask. Majora's yeah, Mask. Yeah. So much cool stuff on there. Probably mm-hmm. a Four Swords that, that I'm forgetting. 
Maybe. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. There's that one weird Four Swords game. Uh, yeah. Triforce Heroes. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, that yeah. one. That one. Mm-hmm. That was. Uh, well, we don't talk about that one a lot. Trying but, to get hey, people we... to play that game with me was really hard for some reason. They just yeah. they did it for like an hour to humor me, and then just kind of like wandered off and never came back. I played. And that's how I, I lost three more friends. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I played that game with um with Per Schneider and Jose Otero. Like uh, we played like a bunch of levels, and it was super fun. We like all called each other one night, and because you couldn't do like you know voice chat, hence the name of the show. <laughs> and it's a. Uh, it, it was a blast. And then I was like, all right, great stuff, guys. I'm going to go play some more on my own. This sucks. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I think a lot of people finished it by themselves. I did, too, because, you know, I'm lonely. But it was uh, it was not what I was looking for. Hmm. Oh, that That's was a good us. system. Yeah, it's a great system. That's us reminiscing about the Nintendo 3DS now not in production. So if you want a new one, I guess you should go buy one Snag one now, now. Yeah. <laughs> but we did go and ask you guys our viewers slash listeners to tell us what your three favorite 3ds games were specifically if you could only play three games on the 3ds to get a sense of how great the system was what would you give them um so this first list is from grayson let's hear what he has to say Hey NBC, this is grayson here i think my top three favorite nintendo 3ds games have to be number one Kid Icarus Uprising, you know, that game really revitalized a franchise that was dormant for such a long time. The single player was fun. It was hard to play and it hurt my hands, but it was a good time. And the multiplayer was great too. Uh, Super Mario 3D Land, really clever um, level designs. I love the use of the 3D visuals for the 3DS. Very, very good. And then A Link Between Worlds, probably some of the best Zelda dungeons ever. And yes, those are my three picks. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I think I can say the same thing about Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, as he said about Kid Icarus Uprising. It hurt my hands, but it was a fun game and good co-op. So, But I, a lot of people who left comments and videos said Super Mario 3D Land and A Link Between Worlds as well. Those are yeah. probably the most common answers. Yeah, for sure. Those, those have to be coming to Switch at some point, right? Yeah. Like that feels like the perfect sort of like February filler is to drop Link Between Worlds on Switch. All right, Nintendo. Or, or, right? Bring everything to Switch. They probably like, sell like no, a bajillion like, copies about of Wii U stuff, but yeah, they probably sell like a bajillion copies of both of those games if they drop oh God, them for like yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I honestly completely forgot about Kid Icarus Uprising because I feel like it came out pretty early in the 3DS. Well, I like that Grayson pointed out that it revitalized the franchise, but then we've not heard from it's that more franchise like since. Revived yeah. temporarily, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, we know who Pit is now. I think that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's maybe more of a, a smash. Um, we should credit that to smash more than Kitty Chris Uprising. But maybe. this next yap is from Patrick Hughes, and he mentioned something that I think a lot of us may have forgotten about as well. Welcome, NVC. Uh, my top three 3DS games. I want to start with Fire Emblem Awakening. This is the game that got me into the series and remains one of my favorite games. Uh, just adore the art direction, the music these support conversations, everything about it. I also want to give a shout out to Phoenix Wright, um, particularly Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. That's what got me into the series because I was a huge Layton fan and then discovered Phoenix Wright games from there and just dove down a rabbit hole. And the 3DS is one of the best platforms to play those games, in my opinion. And then lastly, uh, Street Pass games were so unique. Um, I want to give a shout out to them because nothing brought a smile as pulling the system out of your pocket and seeing that green light. 
So I completely forgot about those street pass games and I loved them. And I I think one of my favorite things about going to game events and conventions was everyone having their 3DS on them to do street pass and then opening up and seeing like you cross pass with like Reggie or someone cool and they're on your 3DS now. Um, Street pass was awesome. I was hoping that the switch would have something similar because I assumed a lot of other people would be a lot of people would have their switches on them, but yeah, we never quite got something similar, but uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that he mentioned fire emblem because that reminded me that pair wanted me to, to mention on the show this week that uh, the SNES online got an update today in Japan and they actually got a fire emblem game for switch uh, that was never released here in the States. It was a Super Nintendo Fire Emblem game. Fire Emblem, uh, it's called Mystery of the Emblem uh, that was never released or translated in the States, but it is available on uh, the Japanese huh. shop. Yeah. Which you can make a uh, like a Nintendo Switch Japan burner account and just add it to your regular Switch and download that SNES app from the eShop and access a few different games. Same for the NES. It's super easy. Somebody probably did a tutorial on it, but you have the info. And now I implore you to go it's solve there. the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least for the main topics of the day, this isn't so much of a main topic than just a mention, but it is Nintendo's 131st anniversary birthday this year. So happy anniversary slash birthday of existing Nintendo. We celebrate you every week here on Nintendo Voice Chat. Slow cap, little, little Happy birthday. <laughs> that is wild to think about, yeah, right? When so much time. of their when so many of their competitors are like a hundred years younger than them, you know, it's like it's kind of a crazy thing to think about. And obviously, they've changed a lot as a company, but. Yeah, if Pear if Pear was here, he'd definitely mention Hanafuda cards. I feel like he has to mention Hanafuda cards in the same way that Brian has to mention uh, Resident Evil Four on every episode. So, <laughs> good. So that's about it for the main topics of this week. So now let's talk about more news that are not as big news as the other news we already talked about, um, at least not for Nintendo fans. So there was some big news last week that we heard, or was that this week? I don't even know how time works anymore, but uh, <laughs> Xbox is acquiring Bethesda for an mm-hmm. absurd amount of money. I think like $7.5 billion. Like $7.5. For, for, for context, Oculus was purchased by Facebook for two. It might've been 2.5. Uh, no, it was two, and then Microsoft bought Mojang, the Minecraft developer, for two point five. Disney bought Star Wars for four billion. So seven point five billion is an unthinkably large amount of money. Such a it's huge like, amount of money. It's crazy. It's like man. Potentially the second most expensive video game studio acquisition, like ever. What's the first? Uh, I believe it's. I can't remember who. It's whoever bought Supercell. Oh, wow. Okay. Let me double check that. But I guess the question... Tencent. I'm buying Supercell for 8.5. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Well, ten, Tencent money. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think some people might be asking, does this affect Nintendo at all? I know we were getting some Bethesda games over to the Switch. For example, I, I, we're supposed to get Doom Eternal mm-hmm. at some Sooner point. Sooner or later. 
Yeah. So Zach, you left a note that just said, nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had a lot of people actually asking me about this on Twitter this week too, just tweeting at me and saying like, Hey, now that Bethesda has been acquired by Microsoft, does that mean that Bethesda games won't be on switch? I don't think that that's the case. I think that Bethesda already plays nice with Nintendo. Microsoft already plays nice with Nintendo. Uh, I don't foresee Bethesda games not coming to Switch because Microsoft steps in and says, don't put those there. Um, the bigger conversation, I guess, is like how exclusive Microsoft is going to be with um, upcoming titles. Uh, but I also don't assume that titles like Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield would make an appearance on the Switch anyway because those are developed exclusively, for, you know, specifically for next-gen consoles. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, I don't... I don't particularly think that this will hinder Bethesda's relationship with Nintendo. Um, but I also don't foresee like a ton of future Bethesda games coming down for the switch because the tech behind them, you know, unless there's a switch pro coming, the tech behind them is going to surpass what the switch is capable of. I mean, I'm curious to hear uh, your thoughts though, as well. Uh, no, I think I'd... that's exactly it. Go ahead, Brian. No, I was Brian just gonna say I, that's, that's probably exactly it. I, I don't really see, um, this being a power play to spite uh, Switch owners or Nintendo fans in general out of uh, the Bethesda game library. Uh, the, the things that's holding those things back right now is, I, I believe, the, the Switch's architecture. I mean, mm -hmm. if there was parity, I think we would have had Doom Eternal back in uh, March. But also, it would have died because it would have launched the same day as Animal Crossing. So um, that would have been <laughs> a, a rough alternate timeline either way. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we've, we got Wolfenstein and we got uh, Fallout Shelter and a bunch of other Bethesda games have made their way over there. I actually hope this opens up the floodgates for some of the older stuff. I mean, Skyrim's on there, obviously, but throwing some Fallouts, like some proper Fallouts on Switch would be super cool. Um, I, I think that they're keeping that open. Like we got within three or four days of finding out about the Bethesda stuff, we found about or Ori coming, uh, the Ori sequel coming to uh, switch so obviously that pipeline of uh, Microsoft exclusives air quotes that are able to function on the switch architecture being ported there uh, will continue to happen so I just hope that that actually uh, doubles or triples from here on out rather than just um, being shut off entirely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no I, I completely agree with with both of you I think that it, it won't as they said it's not going to have a huge effect on Nintendo but I don't know. Maybe it'll have a, a small positive effect. I don't know. We'll see. But in other news this week, I don't know if all of you tried, but the Mario 35th anniversary pins became available on Monday to a surprise. And it was a huge pain in the butt. Brian, mm -hmm. I'm assuming you try to get those pins. Can you tell yes. me about your experience? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm I'm actually trying to like think in my head. I, I would rank. In terms of frustration, I didn't try to get one of the uh, NVIDIA graphics cards, so that's probably in there somewhere. But um, this was this was neck and neck with trying to pre-order an Xbox. Um, and the PS5 was actually easier for me because I happened to be on a computer when all of those Same. things stumbled out. Yeah, that was fairly weird. painless. Yeah. I feel like not with, with with the heads up that everything was going down. Um, uh, it, it was it was harder to get an Xbox because uh, all these bots started crashing sites. But Nintendo put the Mario pins up, I believe, almost by accident because uh, the timing on it was bizarre. Uh, if you don't know by now, obviously, if by completing a set of six challenges, which I believe are still ongoing, um, one of which was purchasing 3D All-Stars uh, for the Nintendo Switch, 
and also, you know, listening to some music on their website and playing uh, this uh, the Mario Kart uh, mobile game through like a specific event where you raced against like 16-bit Donkey Kong and Mario. Um, unlocked the ability to uh, basically get this free set of pins. Um, and those just randomly went up. And what made this more difficult was that when I was trying to get a Series X, I had seven different browser tabs open. But Nintendo is the only place where you could get Nintendo pins. So when their site was broken, you just didn't get the pins. And so for a lot of people, they were refreshing and refreshing, adding to cart. Uh, and what would happen was you would uh, the the checkout process is that uh, the, the store recognizes it as a free thing, but you still had to pay $5 for shipping. And so by clicking the button, it would time out and freeze. You'd click it again and you'd get to cart and there'd be like five of them in your cart. And they'd be like, you're only allowed to have one in your cart. And they'd boot you back out and restart the whole process again. So it was cumbersome. And um, I was texting some friends about it and, and finally got through. And uh, like, it, it was definitely a whole pain in the ass. But I figured like at the very least, they would have one of these for every uh, single person that purchased this already limited edition uh, software in, in 3D All-Stars, and they didn't. And so uh, not only was this a big problem, but uh, they sold out. And so for people trying to go back to it, uh, were, they were greeted with this message that said, you know, um, sorry, th these don't exist anymore. There's no more. We're out of, out of inventory, which is like really frustrating because I think there's a lot of people um, that purchase that game knowing, okay, this is expensive. It's a limited time thing, but at least I get this cool set, you know, of pins, uh, you know, celebrating Super Mario's history. And if they weren't online at that one specific, you know, half hour where the websites were broken, like they missed out. And that's kind of a bummer. So I, I hope Nintendo rectifies that. I hope they add an influx of new supply. Um, and I hope they do do good to the people that supported them on this one. Cause um, that Mario Kart event is still ongoing. And mm -hmm. so there were probably a lot of people being like, oh, I can, I'll get to that in, you know, a day or two or whatever. And they didn't, and they were punished the for that. 29th? So yeah, yeah. So so far from now. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I don't know, keep checking. I feel like it was sort of like the way they did the SNES, uh, the SNES Classic Joy-Cons things or the, the SNES Online Joy-Cons, where they sold out instantly and they were like, quietly restocked in the night once or twice, but you didn't really hear about it. You didn't really know about it. And they just instantly became like eBay fodder, which is kind of a pain. People are putting pins up on eBay as well. But yep. we got a question from James J. DeSemus, and they said, regarding Super Mario Pingate, funny, do you gals and guys think that the pins were merely leftover E3 stock that they needed to get rid of, given how quickly they went? Consider hmm. me suspicious. You know what? I actually, um, when that feature pitch was going around about like the alternate uh, E3 I, uh, or uh, whatever it was, the, the, the thing you did, Zach, that Tom pitched, Mm -hmm. Um, I, had, I was talking about that. I, I said that exact same thing in our Slack channel. I was like, I bet these pins were something that they were going to hand out at this huge Mario themed show floor. Just another reason that this year sucks is that like we were completely robbed of like a completely Super Mario Brothers themed E3 show floor. Well, maybe not. I have, I have some theories about that as well, but I'll let you finish. No, no, that's it. Uh, so yeah, I think he's right. I think they probably were going to hand out those pins, but, um, I don't, I mean, they, I don't think they would have gotten tens of thousands of them. Maybe I'm not sure. Cause historically their swag disappears pretty quickly. Like getting that little Link's awakening figure was kind of, kind of a pain. And, you know, they were limiting one per person, you know, and it was, you didn't really get doubles or anything. So who knows? 
still really I didn't even try right I didn't even try to get those pins <laughs> I didn't I, either I, yeah you know I, I thought about it for a minute and then I was like that's ah, okay I have enough tchotchkes I, I'm, I'm good on those pins so I didn't suffer that heartbreak but I did no. I did talk to Brian and Andrew Goldfarb and they both said that, that trying to secure those pins was like worse than trying to get a, a PS5 so oh for sure yeah, yeah. I'm sorry well, for everyone I got them. We'll, uh, I mean, hypothetically. <laughs> that and the Sony pre-order thing, right? We had two mm-hmm. instances of the major parties being like, hey, sign up for this link or do this thing and you'll get a chance to get this thing. And then it just sells out immediately and nobody actually gets it. And it's like kind of just rude. <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah. craziest thing that whole PlayStation jam was like. They sent out a bunch of invites to people that had you know, like previously qualified, I think it was like hours played or platinums acquired or something that, that people got invites for. And they're like, okay, we'll let you know when these are going to go live. But then those invites sold out super fast. Yeah. But like I just like waltzed onto Amazon and got one like pretty easily. I, I don't know. That was a very, I mean, I, I don't believe any pre-order that I've ever made until it's like actually in my hands, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, even you guys remember with the switch, like, they they weren't even delivering that that first weekend for a lot of people and there were tons of yeah people. i remember you had to scramble to go get one and yeah. like they showed up like a selection of them showed up at the office like mine mine came to the office on time and i felt so bad because there were so many people looking over at me like uh you know like well how come you got yours what did you you know like why is why yeah. do you have one and i don't like it, yeah i felt bad i tried uh, that was tough. That was a tough day. I tried so hard to get an in-person Best Buy pickup for the PlayStation 5 and it just was not working. So I'll just have to like wait and see if my not Best Buy pre-order will actually arrive actually go through. on time. Yeah. So yeah, the pre-order madness was annoying all around this whole past week. It was very stressful. I think I got the things I wanted, not, not the Mario pins, of course, because I didn't try. But there are a few <laughs> other news stories for this week. Like Nintendo maybe accidentally revealed a new Kirby Fighters game. Uh, It showed up on the Play Nintendo site, uh, Kirby Fighters 2, no fanfare, no announcement. Some people on Twitter just saw the icon on that website. And it seems to be a follow up to the 2014 uh, Kirby Fighters Deluxe game for the 3DS. And this is what the description says from the from the website. Choose from a cast of Kirby's most iconic copy abilities, including the brand new wrestler ability, and duke it out to be the last Kirby standing. Familiar friends and foes like Bandana Waddle Dee and King DDD also make an appearance as playable characters in the Kirby Fighters 2 game, available exclusively for the Nintendo Switch system. Who does love Bandana Waddle Dee? Yeah, I, saying that out loud, just it sounds very silly. Kirby, Kirby character designs are so simple that Waddle Dee and Bandana Waddle Dee are two different characters. Is I, I just love that. <laughs> two totally different men. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone play the original Kirby Fighters? No way. No. Yeah, me neither. I mean, this is not exactly what I want from a Kirby announcement, nah. but I'm also like not going to hate on it because Kirby is one of those games that, or one of those series that it's my. Kirby is my favorite Nintendo character and they haven't done like they haven't consistently done what I would want from the series in a long time. So I've sort of just like accepted that I'm probably not going to get what I want from a Kirby game. What was the last, okay. what was the last Kirby game that you loved? I mean, star allies was real fun, uh-huh. but like beyond that, like, like I, I think fondly back to some of the weirder ones, right? Like, 
the uh, Canvas Curse generation, and Squeak Squad was really good too. I think Canvas like, Curse was my favorite. I liked like, uh, Robobots. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, I was back, in, back in the three D, uh, the three DS segment. I wanted to give a, a shout out to Planet Robobot because yep. that's my favorite <laughs> Kirby game. I, I still just miss the sort of like, like I, it. The Kirby All Star Deluxe or whatever. The, there's a million names for it now, but that package. There's some Kirby games in there that I just wish would be full scale Kirby games now, like new Kirby games, like the mm-hmm. whole K Great Cave Offensive where you're like finding treasures. Like, why do they not have that in a mainline bigger Kirby game? Or even like mm-hmm. the Milky Way Wishes thing where you can like get powers that you can save later and do all that. Like, it's just all these cool ideas that I feel like they haven't really fully explored. I don't the know. Thing, I'm an old man. <laughs> No, no, I was actually going to, that that's a perfect segue, because I think that the reason I don't connect with the uh, Kirby fighting games is because I'm always like, why would I play this when Smash Brothers is sitting right here, and it right. has Kirby in it, and a bunch of all the, uh, these characters, and it's way superior, but the difference is those, those games are 60 bucks, and the Kirby games are usually just a couple bucks, or they're free to play, mm-hmm. and so I think if you're a little kid, and you got a Switch for your birthday or for Christmas or something like that, and you're looking for a, like a fun free game to download, then like this is this is a great choice. It's a no-brainer. You don't have to invest sixty bucks in it. There's no like major competitive scene arguing over character tiers and stuff like that. Maybe there is. I never doubt Nintendo fans, but um, I, I think like in in that it, it has merit. But for me personally, like it's like uh, you're sitting right next to Smash Brothers. I'll I, I'll just play Smash Brothers instead. I feel like that might happen to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just play Smash. But lastly, the last bit of news for this week, and this is more of a PSA, Untitled Goose Games co-op update is out now. So go check out that goose with the partner goose if you are able to and have that game. And that's Sweet. about it for news. So let's talk about games out this week. We have a lot of games. Tom, what are the most important games out this week? Yeah, we can breeze over some of these, but uh, one of the ones I really wanted to give a shout out to is this game called Unrailed with an exclamation point at the end. Uh, this comes out on the 23rd, so today while we're recording this for $20. I played this back when it was in early access on Steam, and the concept is kind of like, if anybody knows Wallace and Gromit, the, mm-hmm. the old stop motion movies there's one scene in wallace and gromit where gromit the dog is on a train laying down track in front of the train Mm -hmm. as it's going that's basically this game but co-op so there's there's train and it's going through this procedurally generated sort of landscape and you and up to three other people have to rapidly run out into the environment and like mine stone and cut down trees and bring the materials to the train where the train has a car on it that builds track. And then you pick up the tracks and have to lay the track in front of the train as it's going. So it doesn't crash. And the deeper in you get the, you get like custom cars or like, like different cars with different abilities. And it's, it's simple, but it's like such a fun co-op. If you like local co-op time of just like, yelling at each other as you're like laying down tracks and like it's very very fun it sounds like a lot of fun um roller coaster tycoon 3 complete edition comes out on the 24th for 30 dollars that you can kind of understand and expect speaking of smash bros um a smash bros style pixel art fighting game called rivals of ether that is extremely well loved on steam is coming to switch on the 24th also also for 30 dollars um it's got it's it's just a really like well liked pixel art kind of smash style game, uh, okay. fighting game, uh, and also Shovel Knight and Ori are like a character guest characters within it. So sweet, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. 
Um, cool. Yeah, those are the main ones that I wanted to give a shout out to. Yeah. I did want to quickly mention Lost Ember. Uh, I played that at Gamescom on PC last year, and I thought it was a really cute, relaxing game. You kind of play a spirit and take over different animals as you go and uncover a narrative of a story. I thought it looked cute, and I, I had like a nice, relaxing, fun time playing it. Tom, you, you pointed out that it has very mixed reviews from the Steam launch, ranging from four to a nine. Yeah, yeah. This this is what this is a good one to call out just because it's like one to look at, but not necessarily one that like like make your own decision about. Obviously, make your own decision about all these things we're just recommending, but like it, you'll have to take a look at whether it appeals to you because the Steam launches literally did range from like some people were giving it fours and some people were giving it nines out of ten. And obviously, everyone's opinion is their opinion, so it's not like one is wrong and one is right. It's just that the 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 range is wide here so mm-hmm. you know just look into it i'd say it's it's chill and passive if you're looking for that kind of experience from what i from what i experienced but yeah those were some of the games out this week i think the ones that tom pointed out were unrailed rivals of ether and roller coaster tycoon 3 complete edition have them come out with a zoo tycoon complete edition and i will be on that but until then <laughs> Not so much, but I did want to know what are you guys playing this week that isn't Hades or Mario? Because, well, I guess if you're playing Mario, Brian and Tom, you haven't been able to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've actually been making my way through Mario 64. I'm up to 78 stars, I think. Um, I love it. It's been really I mean, I love this game. I've always loved this game. It's always been a very special game to me. Um, I also completely understand why people uh are giving up on it early. Um, it is definitely a sort of frustrating experience. Uh, I think if you're just jumping into this game for the very first time in 2020, um, the camera uh, does fight you a lot, but I do think that there's, it's worth pushing past, but that said, if you don't, uh, I do not blame you. I do not fault you. I tweeted about how I think it still holds up. And a lot of people told me like they, they didn't feel the same. I, 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 com- I, I think that's a completely acceptable an honorable take like it's if you if you don't if you don't want to sh- <laughs> struggle through a video game even a classic you know video games are a lot different than sitting down and watching like a an old silent film or something like that like you do have to um you know push forward and progress through them that they, they don't just play out in front of you regardless of your input and so that said um i'm loving it it's really it's still really challenging it's still really clever and fun um it's been sort of surreal uh, having my two-year-old watch me play it because like she's saying Mario and Goombas and like, go get the star and all this fun stuff. And like, I was, you know, I was way younger when that game first came out and it, like having it again on switch has just been really, really cool to just sort of have immediate access to it again. And I played the PC port. I played the 3ds port. Uh, I played it on, you know, Wii U and they got ported there. Um, it just it feels really really good uh, with a pro controller. I noticed mm-hmm. that playing with um, in handheld mode, it feels like the dead zone of the sticks feels a little bit off to me, and so I'm just like it, the controls feel a little more finicky. Like if if you're experiencing that, let me know in the comments. I I, I feel like pro controller is the way to go with that one. Um, but yeah, I dig it, and I'm excited to finish it and move on to Sunshine, which is a game I haven't played since 2002. Mm-hmm. Janet literally texted me today that I need to get over my inverted, uh, I don't know, aversion, my in, my aversion to inverted control so I can play Mario Sunshine again. <laughs> nah, I don't know. It's definitely, I mean, I could see that being completely frustrating. And I think it's like, it's, 
it's it's pretty there. wild that it's not there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty not even crazy. Option, Give us the like, options. Like, come yeah. on. It's not asking a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I do now that like that that collection of games is in is in my hands. I I, I do have a lot of qualms with, and I've said it a couple of weeks ago. It, it does feel like a very bare bones package, um, but. I think once you get past that, the games, you know, they speak for themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless they don't have options in which they don't speak for themselves. <laughs> Tom, where are you playing this week? Uh, a lot of different things, like a million, billion, billion games. I've just playing over like I've been jumping between so many different things. Um, one thing besides Hades that I will call out that's on Switch uh, is a game called Inertial Drift, uh, which is a racing drifting game like a cell shaded racing drifting game that's super super cool um if you like racing games and if you like drifting kind of like the the weird sort of dark neon futurism of drifting like tokyo drift sort style stuff you'll be into this aesthetically um it's a the the hook of it i guess i'll say is it's all focused on drifting and you turn your car with the left stick like normal, but you use the right stick to adjust the angle of your drift in really hmm. granular, tight, like very, very specifically how you want it. So if you want to just drift a little bit around a corner, you'll maintain your speed. But if you've got to really get around a corner, you can drift harder by pulling the stick a little harder. Um, I don't know exactly how well it would play on Switch with the digital triggers, unfortunately, because kind of feathering the the gas is something I feel like I've been doing a lot on PC. Um, but it's got a full story mode with like kind of visual novel style little cutscenes with all real good writing, really good art. It's a really, really, really cool racing game that I think could very easily slip by people, slide by people. Ah. Uh, there we go. Um, our own Cam Shea from Australian office is, by the time this goes up, probably will have already posted his review and he's very positive of it of it there too so one to go back and find nice inertial drift that was the name inertial drift cool thanks and zach are you playing anything besides hades i've been playing a lot of hades and uh i'm i'm working my way up to 120 stars in super mario galaxy um i'm at like 103 that game gets tough some of those star challenges towards the end of that game are difficult people are looking up uh, Mario Sunshine and Mario 64 wikis like crazy, but not Galaxy because yeah. that game's too easy, apparently. <laughs> no, it's 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 only the latter <laughs> stuff. Well, so like I think it's interesting because like the Galaxy stuff, you don't necessarily need a wiki for it because they're, they're just really difficult challenges. Like the purple, the purple coin runs where you have to collect a hundred coins in a level, but you're on a conveyor level and you like if you miss one coin, you basically have to start over. Like you don't need a wiki for that. You just have to be good at the game. You know, it's like it's they're they're mm-hmm. tough. Or like the the one that I was doing last night, the Daredevil stars, you only get one hit point. So any if you take a hit anywhere, you instantly die and have to start all the way back over at the end of the level. And usually those levels culminate with a boss fight. So you really have to be on your game and know how to play that mm-hmm. game. And that's like once you get above probably like the 90 star mark in Galaxy. So I'm I'm slowly, slowly working my way through. I'll, I'll eventually get up there because I want to get... I want to get that secret level and I want to unlock Luigi and I want to find out how many times I died when I was playing Super Mario Galaxy because it is probably in the hundreds at this point. Oof, so. oof. <laughs> um, man, what have I been playing? I did check out Nexamon Extinction last week. Mm-hmm. And by me playing, I mean, my I 
my partner controlled it and I, I tell him what to do. So that's nice. what I'm, <laughs> but Hey, it works because it's a turn-based game. So like, gaming. Yeah, right. it's fine. You can co-op, you can co-op anything if you really try hard enough. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I was, I, I don't know if I played enough to really give you a critical analysis of this game, but I think the designs are great. The animation is really cute. The names are really funny and just kind of like, they they bring a smile to your face and i think the story is especially interesting they have a lot more fantasy and intrigue than your standard pokemon game for example like there is a calamity happening happening there's bad stuff going on it is serious it's not just you going off collecting badges but it is the day of your like 10th birthday or something and you get a monster and you go out into the wild mm. but cool it's pretty cool it's interesting um and they have a, a they have a stamina mechanic kind of like Temtem and they have a catch mechanic so that when you actually try to catch the monster, you have to put button, do button impresses. It's not just an automatic thing. And the better you do it, the higher chance you have of actually catching the monster. So That's yeah, cool. Nexamon's pretty interesting. I think I'm going to uh, play a little bit more today. So <laughs> we'll come back. Um, I also beat, also this was actually before last week's episode but i did be tell me why for the xbox but that is nintendo so you should go read janet's review of that if you're interested but anyway let's move on to question block where we ask sweet questions so this first question is from patrick coppins and they asked would you rather play a 3d mario game as bowser or a 3d zelda game as ganondorf oh ganondorf yeah ganondorf for sure really oh well because i I feel I feel like Ganondorf would be like a like a sort of like hyper steroided up version of playing a Zelda game. Like he's larger and powerful and but still, you know, probably acrobatic and he's got a big ass sword and stuff like that. And Ganon and Bowser is just like a like a slower, clunkier version of Mario when it comes to platforming, you know, like as we've witnessed at the end of Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's said, I would definitely play both. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would play both too. I think, I mean, the story playing as Ganondorf for Zelda would be way more interesting be, than the story yeah, totally. of playing as Bowser. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, the thing what about like, Bowser's I'm, inside story? That's what I was thinking. It's like, well. I'm torn on this because I'm more interested in a Bowser playing as Bowser, but also I feel like that's not as novel because we have ha- we've played as Bowser in a lot of like the Paper Mario games and the RPGs. Like, Bowser as a good guy or as the protagonist has like happened before mm-hmm. and Ganondorf hasn't. Mm-hmm. So like I'm more interested in Bowser, but I'm more curious about Ganondorf. Yeah, I'm I'm more curious about Ganondorf as well. And last question for the week from Andres Vialba. Playing Mario 64 again got me thinking about completing games 100%. What were the first couple of games that you completed 100%? Mario and 64. Mario 64? That's that was one of the first ones that I remember, like really going for all the, like trying to figure out every little secret, because um, I started playing games a little bit later and then worked my way back to Super Nintendo and NES. So yeah, um, probably Super Mario World, like getting the ninety six gold star on that one, which meant like every secret exit and everything. Um, I want to say that uh, I don't know, like it was harder to hundred percent games before that because they didn't generally like keep track of percentages i mean you could like 
you could play the original Zelda and try to get, you know, 16 hearts or whatever it was. I guess that comes close. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely probably yeah, Super Super Mario World and then Donkey Kong Country. Mm. You did are you still thinking, Tom? No, I don't I don't know. I don't really 100% games very often and yeah. I don't think I could think of what the first one is. Yeah, I'm not I'm not much of a completionist myself. I'm not I'm not either. I I think the first game I beat. I don't think you would consider it 100% because there's nothing to collect or anything, but The Lion King for Super Nintendo. <laughs> and I know people are going to say, like, what the heck, Casey, because that's what the reaction I got on Twitter. But when you're a kid and you get one game a year and that's your favorite game, you play it and you're an only child. You play it a lot. Like, I'm yeah, honestly so very much. impressed. I'm honestly <laughs> very impressed that you got past the level where you're jumping on the animal heads. That level was tough, man. Look, that's I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. After I yeah, had that, that game, <laughs> after I had that game for a while, I got very sick of doing the second level as well. And then I started using cheat codes to skip that level Whoa. every single time after that. I did the beat it. Comes out. But I did not beat it every time I beat that game because screw that level. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. But the first game, I think I actually 100% it was Pokemon Red, where mm-hmm. I got all the Pokemon. Right. Like that's that's the 100% <laughs> version. Mm-hmm. One game I did feel compelled to 100% despite not usually doing that was a uh, fez but that was much later mm-hmm. um and that that 100% for that game is actually 206%. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are some other games like what was it Final Fantasy 10 2 had something weird like that too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Final I Fantasy 10 2 is a weird one because like you can you can really easily miss 100%ing it I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot. But with that, that is all we have to talk about on this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. Thank you, Tom, Brian, and Zach, so much for joining me. I appreciate you being here. And if you want to hear, if you want to ask your own questions to us, you can write us at mvc8ign.com or look out for the post on our Facebook group. And with that, you know that NBC is the only place you can. Get the chumping. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.